0: Welcome to the Northridge Church podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Well, I want to thank Doug and the and the worship team today for just w- walking us through some some ways in which we can honor the Lord through worship this morning. I hope that your heart was touched. At the very beginning of of our time together, I encourage you to go to Psalm 1, and that is where we're going to kind of park at for the next few moments as we look at God's Word. Um, But these past 54 days have been life-changing for all of us. I, I can't remember a time in my life that Uh, that we have gone through a common crisis. In fact, I believe you have to go back to World War II to find that the entire world was united around some sort of uncertainty and panic. And we are used to seeing global crises um, through the lens of our TVs or through the internet when we're watching events unfolding around the world. But it usually doesn't impact us like this crisis seems to impact us. We're all in it together, right? All of us have had to go through these new acts of normality. We've, been, we've had some of our freedoms have been taken away. It's, it's invaded our own personal spaces, per se. and we've, we've been asked to do things that we've never considered doing before, And, and yet those instructions are going to continue to uh, um, be asked of us in the days yet to come. And for some of us these past 54 days have been days filled with uncertainty. some, uh, some in the Northbridge family have have lost their jobs. Some are, are trying to figure out how they're going to make ends meet financially. Um, and then we have to deal with social isolation on top of that. We just want to get out and be around other people and even when that moment comes, I don't know what we're going to expect when that moment comes, we might just be overwhelmed by just being around each other for the first time. But no matter what, I, I, the question I want to bring before you this morning is, how are you doing? As we're about to emerge out of this 54-day crisis and begin taking these micro steps back to what we believe is a new normality, how are you doing? What I really mean is, how is the condition of your soul this morning? These past few months, has has your soul just increased with joy? Has it increased in prosperity? Has it increased in in love? Has it increased in generosity? How is your soul doing this morning? Maybe some of you are listening in today and saying, man, my soul was great two months ago, but it is a train wreck of of late well, if that's the case, then, then I have some great news for you this morning. And here's the great news for you God wants your soul to be happy. Now, maybe that's, some, that's not something new to you this morning, but I take it from Scripture that God wants your soul to enjoy. The prosperity of life. God wants your soul to be overflowing with goodness, to be overflowing with love, to be overflowing with peace, to be overflowing with with joy, right? And so this morning, you find yourself not experiencing these things of late, then I have some good news for you. Um, Maybe your soul needs some TLC. Here it is. God wants to meet you, and God wants to restore what this crisis may have interrupted, what this crisis has changed in your life. And he wants to repair those areas of brokenness. He wants to repair those areas of fear, those areas of concern, those areas which you feel like are out of control. God wants to speak into that. And God wants your soul to be happy. He wants you to have a blessed life. He wants you to have a happy life. And the key of that, the key to that is found in the biblical definition of of meditation, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that before, but there is this discipline on meditation. And if you have a copy of God's word with you in Psalm chapter one, Psalm one gives us uh, the primary source to what it means to enjoy a happy and satisfied life. And Psalm one says it comes down to this. It comes down to us meditating on God's word. So let's read this morning and let's see what God's word has to say about the meditation of his word that brings about tremendous soul care, tremendous soul operation in a good way that sets us about going down a path of spiritual and even physical prosperity. So let's read together in Psalm chapter one. We're just gonna read the first three verses this morning just for the sake of time. It says this, Blessed is the one who does not, st- does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And here it is, and whatever they do, they prospers. Now, when you think of meditation, I know that for the vast majority of us, we think about someone in yoga pants, sitting in a lotus position, and, and going om, om, om all the time, right? Um, but that is not the biblical definition of meditation. You see, and in, in America, we get a lot of that um, comes from an Eastern meditation, An Eastern meditation is about removing all thoughts from your mind, all rational thoughts from your mind, and becoming one with the universe. Now, biblical meditation is 100% different in the opposite direction of Eastern meditation. Instead of emptying your mind of all rational thought, the biblical definition of meditation is to fill your heart with God's word, to fill your mind with God's word, to dwell on God's word. So here's a a definition of 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 biblical meditation. It is the filling your mind by dwelling on scripture until it ignites you into action. It's about moving your heart to to worship, uh, to love, um, to be in awe of, and to be obedient to God. That is what God is talking about in Psalm 1. This is the source of happiness. This is the source of a prosperous life, which begins, which begins when the soul meditates on God's word. I liken meditation to the instruction that I received uh, from my high school drama teacher. Believe it or not, shock be of all shocks. I, I used to be a star on the stage in my high school days, right? And so that, is, that was a profound moment in my life because a very, very shy guy, and I didn't know how to act on stage. And so my drama teacher said, listen, David, it's not about just memorizing your lines, um, but it's more than reading your lines. But it comes to the point where you take what's before you in that script and you internalize it. And you and your character comes out. The character that you want to portray comes out when you own the feelings and the words that are in that script. And so when you stand on stage, you're not standing on stage as Dave Myers. You're standing on stage transformed into that character. And that is exactly what happens when you meditate on God's word. There is a transformation taking place in your heart that you're becoming more like Jesus. And your life is being transformed to, to take in step and to live a life that is pleasing and in step with God's expectations, with it. When you meditate on God's word, you're, you're taking it in, you're thinking about it, you're wrestling with it, you're being challenged by it until you begin to believe it and apply it and live out the unbelievable promises of God towards our lives. God says in Psalm 1 that if you, you will experience a deeply satisfied life. That's what the the word blessed means. To be blessed or to be happy means I am living a deeply satisfied life. And it's when you meditate on his word. How does this take place? Well, verses one through three give us three things that, that leads us to having that satisfied life and a happy soul. So I just want to quickly give you these three things. First of all, meditation leads you to embrace submission to God's instruction In verse 2, it says that a happy person, listen, a happy person delights in the law of the Lord. Now, when David wrote this psalm, Psalm 1, he only had five books um, that he could refer to um, as the law of God. He had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all that he had, right? Now, how many of you have ever delighted yourself truly in those five, five books of the Bible? But for David, it was his law of the Lord was literally the instructions of God. Now, when David had five books to know what it means to know the Lord, to worship the Lord, and what it meant for God, for him to follow after God, we have it much better. We now have 66 books. We have a, a fuller picture of who God is. We have a fuller understanding of what his expectations are for us. We have a full understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and all that his promises that he gives to us through Jesus Christ. And so when we take in God's word like that and we begin to say, man, I love the word of God. I I take great delight in the instructions of the Lord. You're basically saying, I am willing to submit my life and my mind and my worldview, everything about me, I'm willing to submit it to the very instructions of the Lord in my life. And when I do so, the scripture says, I can take great delight in his word. Now, all of us understand what it means to um, to experience delight, right? We experience delight a lot of times when we're sitting down and, and in front of us is a good meal, something that, that we're eating and we enjoy, right? We're just taking every spoon, spoonful or every forkful. For you're going, man, man, that stuff is some good stuff. I mean, that's what you're saying to yourself when, when you are enjoying or when you are delighting in something you're eating. In fact, you will continue to eat and whatever you're delighting in until what? Until you're very full. Satisfied. Right? And that's what God's word does for us. But we first have to be willing to submit to its instructions. So meditation leads you to submitting to God's instructions. Secondly, meditation leads you to being productive. What does it say in verse 3? It says that a person who meditates is like a tree that yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Now, now, this is a beautiful picture of the results of one who meditates on God's word. It causes deep, deep life transformation. Your worldview changes, your attitude changes, your reactions to internal and external pressures Changes uh, the problems that you encounter, you say, "I'm no longer going to take on those problems on my own. I'm just going to trust that God is going to provide. I'm going to trust that God is going to have a solution for me. I'm going to trust that God is with me, and He will help me navigate these waters in my life." It produces actions, right? When you are when you're centered on God's word, it it yields a life that says, "I am." a follower of Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The fruit says God is at work within me, right? And so, and so when, it's, when, the, when the psalmist says that you will yield fruit in season, it's basically saying as God's w- word is alive and active in your life, and as you're yielding to it, then it's going to produce the very fruit of a life that's been regenerated through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're different. It's producing life. It's producing faith. It's producing humility. It's producing courage. It's producing consistency. That no matter what you're going through, your faith is deep and solid. A lot of people have enough of God in their lives to make them decent, but not enough to make them dynamic. You see, when you meditate on God's word, it takes you from living a decent life to a dynamic life. Because it's not all about you, 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 you. It starts with God transforming your heart, but it's about people. It's about God using you to reach other people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when our, when our lives are, are always in, in the fruit in season and our leaf does not wither, we become very attractive to people who are going through crisis, people who have, who have reached rock bottom in their life, people who are desperate for, for answers. When they see that your, your, your life is always in season, they're going to say, what is it? What has made the difference in your life? And you can share with them that it's God at work in you. And it's the power of Christ at work in you. And you can share the good news with them as well. Lastly, meditation leads you to being prosperous. God, again, God's word says in verse three, right? God's promise is that that a person who meditates on his word prospers in whatever he does. Now, we want to struggle with that. Right? We, we, we tend to want to say, no, we reject prosperity gospel. Well, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm talking about just the prosperity of your soul, right? You see, God in His Word wants us to be successful. God's not against us, God is for us. And His instructions tell us how to navigate our, our, our broken world. He, he, he allows us to navigate what our, our sin filled desires in our life and to a life that is. At peace with Him. Now, is prosperity all about money? A, a little bit of it is, but we can't full, put our full weight on on money and finances. It's also about being prosperous in relationships with other people. It's about being prosperous in your generosity, where you see a need, you want to go go meet that need. It's, a, it's about prosperity and serving others and, and blessing others. It's, a, it's about the prosperity of believing and owning the unlimited promises of God for you, for you. The scriptures over and over tell us about the unlimited promises of God. When, when I hear the word unlimited and promises, I mean, it's more than I can take in, Right? and that is God's word to us, there's the prosperity. The prosperity is knowing God. The prosperity is allowing the spirit of God to transform your life through the, through the meditation of God's word. And here's the true true prosperity. True prosperity is knowing Jesus, and your soul prospers and comes to life when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation. If you want to know true true happiness, if your soul is empty and void of God's love in your life, then then start, start the prosperous journey with Jesus, right? Invite him into your life. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. And listen, Jesus satisfies every soul. Start with him. And then when you start with him on the salvation journey, it doesn't begin and end that moment you ask him to be your Lord and Savior. No, no, what he begins to do through the power of his Holy Spirit, he begins to lead you in paths of obedience. And we take out our word. We begin to meditate on it. We begin to fill our minds with the word of God. We begin to fill our minds with his instructions and we become delighted by it. And we say, Lord, we're going to submit to it and we're going to allow you to produce fruit in our lives so that we can impact others for the kingdom of God and so that you might enjoy prosperity this morning. So folks, no matter what you're going through, no matter what this crisis has done in our lives, listen, collectively, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have access to unlimited, unlimited resources of prosperity. And it's found in the word of God being brought near into your heart and meditating on it day and night, making it a part of your very life. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you that, Father, that in your word, um, we are told and we are shown what it means to be a prosperous person. And Father, today I pray that you would take your word in Psalm 1 where it says happy is the man who takes great delight in you. And Father, for, for that, that woman, for that man, for that family, for that, for that couple, for that single person that's listening this morning. The Lord, that they would say yes to your word and they would delight in filling their minds with your word on a daily basis. Lord, I pray that you'd bring tremendous delight into the hearts of people who take up your word every morning or every night. I ask that God that you would just uh, allow Northbridge people to always be and blossom that their fruit will always be in season, and that their, their leaves would not wither when times of uncertainty come upon them. But may they be bold and courageous in their love for you, in their radical obedience to you, so that others may come to know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, take your word this morning, take our worship time this morning, and move in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the Northbridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northbridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.